From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, most deserving, best. Is Florida State in the top four of either of those distinctions? The Tate Rodemaker era starts. What do we expect from number 18? And a nice shot fired across the bow from John Papuchas. Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com. That's a website, 2475 Appalachian Parkway physical address this is the part of the show where i tell you what the daily lunch special is but if you've been listening long enough you know on tuesdays it's all day it's not just for lunch it's all day tacos beef chicken hard shell soft shell your choice over at the corner pocket bar and grill all day long and then seven o'clock trivia night at the cp corner pocket bar and grill tallahassee florida we love those folks love you folks as well especially if you hit that thumbs up maybe even subscribe to warchant.com it's the ultimate symbol sports source as well as our YouTube channel. Over 40,000 people, man. Mm. Incredible. Everyone's coming coming to America, coming to uh, War Chant TV all around the world. Corey Clark's here. What's up, Corey? What's up, Aslan? How are you, buddy? I'm well. We just had a, a real good meeting about what our plans are for the rest of this week, and I totally mm-hmm. forgot them already. I was going to let everybody know, but um, very likely you'll have five shows this week, everybody, because who loves you? Uh, I don't. I don't think that's true. I think we're gonna have four shows. I think that's what we agreed upon. Well, you're not gonna have one on Thanksgiving, folks, and we apologize for it. Um, but yeah, tune in tonight, seven o'clock, college football reveal. Gene Williams will hop on, give us his take, his perspective, add context. I don't know who's gonna be co-hosting it with me, but come along, hang out with us. You think people are gonna be upset? You think most Florida State fans are gonna be angry after uh, like around seven seventeen p.m. tonight, Corey? I think I, I look. I go in expecting Washington to take the leap above them. Uh, I think that would have probably happened even if Jordan doesn't get hurt. Um, and when you look at the resume, man, like look at Washington's resume. That's a good resume. The beauty is there's five undefeated teams, which is crazy. This late in the season, there's five undefeated teams. That's nuts. Well, one of them is definitely losing this weekend. Hmm. So you'll be in the if you beat Florida, you will be in the top four heading into the championship games, and that's all you really need to worry about. I saw somebody poo-pooing on the Washington resume because they haven't, I guess they haven't played a lot of teams that have like an adjusted defensive secondary in like the top 100 or something. Mm, Okay. Um, Which, and then I saw on the Pat McAfee show, they were interviewing Barry Sanders and showing his ridiculous stats from the 1988 Heisman winning season. And I'm like, imagine if Twitter was around in 1988 and the people that have been like, well, Who's he really played? Do they have really mm. good rushing defense, Missouri and Tulsa? Yeah. It's really not that big of a deal. Our guy would be able to do that. So thank God for social media. We can yell at each other really sometimes silly things. But, yeah, I'm, I'm anticipating Washington's going to make a jump up because, yeah, they just beat a ranked team on the road. You beat an FCS team. So resumes matter uh, for whatever reason, and, and that's where we're at on this. Since we're not going to be able to argue about it on the show tomorrow, Corey, I just – if people care – I don't think Florida State is one of the four deserving teams to make the college football playoff. I do think they're one of the four best teams in college football. 
Oddly enough, though, if they're able to win out, I think they then, by virtue of that, become one of the four deserving teams to be in the playoff, but maybe not one of the four best teams in the country because you don't have Jordan Travis. So right now, um, I don't think they're either the four best teams, the fourth, one of the four best teams in the country, or one of the four deserving teams in the country. But two more wins will make them one of the four deserving teams to be in the playoff. And I think with Jordan Travis, they were for sure, for sure, one of the four best teams in the country. So you think just uh, – and I'm not trying to be a contrarian here because, yeah. look, man, I just said that I think Florida State is about to be ranked fifth. You think Ohio State is more deserving? I've like, got – Who they beat? I mean, their best wins at Notre Dame, right? Well, I guess you're right, yeah. Um, What's Michigan's best win? Penn State. At Penn State? That's yeah. one. Yeah. I don't think either one of them are better than LSU. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those wins, I mean, I don't think either one of those wins are better than LSU. So, uh, uh, yeah. A long look, time it, ago, man. That's why the Texas win over Alabama is really not going to matter as much as everybody thought. Well, then we're ago. doing – We're ju- it's just dumb. We're doing dumb things. Okay. It, it would be like why the does, Falcons – Why is this dumb? That game was 11 weeks ago. That's not the team that we thought they were. Because they were played. Then the games pre-September 30th don't count. No, but like, teams change. Teams evolve. They're not the too fifth bad. best team in the too country. Too bad. Don't lose. Don't lose in September. Like okay. that. Like if there are five unbeaten teams, sorry you lost, Alabama. Sorry you didn't figure out how to use your quarterback until you got beat by two touchdowns at home and then almost lost to sorry South Florida. But you didn't. Sorry. Like when the, when, when the Patriots lose to the Chargers – it's not like well, – that's a horrible example. Let me think of something better. When the Lions lose to the Ravens, it's not like that game uh, – man, that game was played in mid-October. The Lions are a completely different team now. They're the two seed. They should be the four seed, but they're so much better than they were. No, the record is what matters. The record is always what should matter. And it, it, we're the only sport that does this. We're the only sport that does this that, like, all of a sudden – the game against LSU is devalued because it happened earlier in the season. As if if Florida State had lost that game, people wouldn't be bringing that up every other second. You had your chance. You lost LSU. Well, they're a lot better. No, no, no. You lost LSU. Jane Daniels about to win the Heisman Trophy, apparently. That kid had accounted for one touchdown against Florida State, and it happened when they were down 28 points with a minute to go against an all-freshman secondary. But, but the point remaining... I think that Florida State is deserving. I don't know that they're one of the four best without Jordan Travis. Don't think it matters. I think they're one of the four deserving. I think their schedule – I think Washington is one of them. I just think if you look at it right now, Ohio State, uh, I don't know what their impressive win is. At home against Penn State, who couldn't score on your mom. That was awful. Whoa, hey. That was not about about your mom. I was talking the royal mom. I should have said my mom. But no, even then, man, I was talking about Sharon. But then even the I, I didn't like. I I met your mom and her friends. Like it basically being because that sounded like uh, when you're talking about scoring and women. I didn't mean it like that, gang. I got a little bit out of shape. I apologize. I didn't mean it like that. But Penn State's offense is atrocious, yeah. and that's Ohio State's, I guess, best win. Um. So yeah, I, I don't. I, you look around the country. Yeah, Alabama would probably beat Florida State right now. Probably. That quarterback, they've unleashed them. Don't care. They lost. If they go beat Georgia, if they go beat Georgia, they get themselves into the into the playoff. If they don't, sorry, you lost. And luckily, Ohio State or Michigan, one of them is about to lose in five days. So we don't have to worry about one of them anymore. So are you are you a deserving guy or best? Absolutely, I'm a deserving guy. Okay. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know how you can... 
it's best is so subjective. It has to be deserving. It just has to be. Because who are you to say that Florida State, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying the committee. Who is the committee to say that Florida State without Rodemaker can't win? Or Florida State is worse than Michigan? How do you know? They haven't played anybody. Michigan hasn't played anyone. Florida State has at least played some teams. And, look, I think Alabama would beat Florida State. Well, they they have one common opponent. Florida State beat LSU a hell of a lot worse than Alabama did. And Alabama got them at home. So again, I'm saying I'm at their their apex too, right? I mean, well, LSU was the best they were all year. Well, right, yeah, yeah, that's as healthy the high, as they were ranked, all year, ranked as high as they were. But yeah, um, I, and I don't know if LSU has gotten any better since that game. Florida their State, defense I don't think certainly has, hasn't. Their Florida defense State, certainly hasn't. I just sadly, I think Florida State peaked that night. And there's nothing wrong with that because they keep winning all their games. But I just, I'm, I have resigned to the fact like that was the best they're going to play all year long. Um, and again, they keep winning their games, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but what we saw that night just felt like, oh boy. Like, good luck to everybody else. Um, and right now, it's like, it's not that case, unfortunately. Well, that also goes to what what's going on there. But, yeah, I, I would I would agree that that second half is probably as well as they could play, although I think the second half against Duke. But, you it, you know, I, I get it. It's Duke and not LSU. It's a Have whole Have they won any thing. games since that night? Uh, I think they won one. But, then yeah, they lose to North Carolina. Um, I think they beat – they might have beaten NC State, maybe. I they've lost – they beat Wake Forest, who's oh, a there you go. horrible – Horrible yeah. team. But they almost beat Carolina, had a lead with 30 seconds to go. They're also on their third-string quarterback. That yeah. does matter. Um, but that night, you know, I thought that the, the final 20 minutes of that game was peak Florida State as well on both sides of the ball. But, again, I, I get it. It wasn't Jane Daniels on the other sideline. Um, one-legged one legged Bradley Leonard. Yeah, that's what I was – well, and then when he got hurt, it was the kid that yeah. they, they didn't trust Old to Henry. throw the ball. So you, so you got a break there. Uh, but, yeah, that's – I mean, look, if Florida State – I think to the overall point, the larger point, if Florida State wins these next two, and I think this is the point you were trying to make, I think, if Florida State wins the next two, they will have won on the road at a rival. Mm-hmm. And again, great, Florida's not good. Missouri supposedly very good. Well, Florida was one play away from beating Missouri at Missouri. Like, Florida's not horrible. Now, Florida State's not going to get any credit if they beat them, but Florida's not a horrible team. Um, but anyway, you, beat, you win at your arch rival with a backup quarterback at night in a really tough stadium to play. And then the next week you beat a top 10 team with your backup quarterback. Neutral field. On a neutral. I feel yeah. like, isn't doesn't that make you deserving? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, fu- oddly enough, like, to get to that point in my mind, like, they, they have to go through this, you know, Andy Dufresne 50 yards, 100-yard field of you-know-what to get yeah. to that point to go through all this sort of stuff. But if so. they do it, I don't know how you could look at that team. I think you would, like – that, that should resonate with people. This team loses their leader, their best player, and still goes and wins the two biggest games of the year to get it to get to 13 and0. I think that should be celebrated, not um, you know dismissed because uh, what chance do they have to beat Georgia? <laughs> Great man. Throw Notre Dame in there. What ch- I mean who do you want to put in there? Te- Texas ain't nobody beating Georgia. Um, so, so maybe George peaked too early, Corey, and it's, it's that, November. Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like that's what Kirby's teams do, but maybe let's hope. Uh, yeah, but and I say that a lot of people know I did go to Georgia, but I'm tired of Georgia. Um, <laughs> they can go ahead and lose, and apparently they won't ever lose again. Well, they might lose Alabama. The, the funny thing is, I, you know, talking in a group text with my buddies was just, I'm like, listen, I'm like Florida State, just they're they're going to be at four, like they're they're married to the fourth spot, just you know. 
embrace or just brace yourselves for that. But then you start thinking, well, if Alabama beats Georgia, whatever happens, Ohio State, Michigan, um, you know, maybe at that point, you, you, maybe you actually do move up and then you avoid having to play Georgia in the first round. Because right now it's like if, if everything holds serve, it feels like Georgia won, you're four. Good luck in the semifinal game. Yeah, but, I think I know. think if there's four undefeated teams, Florida State's fourth. But what is Washington going to be? I think Florida State, yeah. if they go undefeated and Oregon beats Washington, I think Florida State moves to three and Oregon's four. Does that make, do you think so? Like, that's what I think. I might be wrong. They might leapfrog. I would hope they wouldn't leapfrog Florida State with a one-loss team. Right, right. And Georgia, and you're saying this. Yeah, Georgia says, wins. Georgia wins. wins Michigan wins. Florida State wins and Oregon wins. Yeah. I think Oregon's the four and Georgia's the one. So you yeah. avoid Georgia, but then you have to go to Pasadena. I mean, you, I mean, and nobody wants that, do they, Aslan? I think, yeah. I mean, I get it. We want to drive to New Orleans. And... <laughs> Man, wasn't that fun last year doing the podcast <laughs> on the way? Awesome. Your girl is still there, right? She She's is. probably got a new dog. <laughs> you can go pet that little rascal. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Um, hey, how about Adam Fuller? Mm-hmm. Broyles Awards semifinalist for one of the that? best assistants in the country. Indeed, how about that? And before that, maybe news that he likes even more. Um, I, I didn't read the story. I just I saw the, the, the tweet, the X, the post. Mm. Uh, Syracuse, obviously, is now vacant. They got rid of Dino Babers. R.I.P. Prince. Uh, Adam Fuller floated out as like maybe one of the names out there that's available. So Adam Fuller, uh, hot commodity, possibly. Who'd have thunk it, Corey? Look at us now. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Look at yeah, him. How about that? A I hot mean, name on the coaching board. Yeah, I'm being a little bit tongue in cheek here, but like it's pretty remarkable. Like last year, you know, there was there was maybe a weird, unfounded fear that maybe Georgia would try to poach away Alex Atkins. Right. I don't know if Al- Atkins might have been on a hot board or two when he came to a group of five coach, but you ended up to keep him around, and then now your defensive coordinator might be ban- is being bandied about as a potential candidate. You know, good job by the head football coach to identify. You know, as you mentioned, like when he got the job, I was like, all right, your your two biggest hires are always going to be your coordinators, but especially at that point, it was your offensive line coach more so than right. the coordinator because we knew it was going to be your offense, even though you weren't calling the plays and then get this defense fixed out. And, you know, pretty good feather in the cap for Mike Norvell. Like, come coach with me and look what will happen to you. And I guess it adds on to what he did with Dan Lanning. Um, so, pretty good coaching tree getting root and tell Did Atkins make that thing last year? I don't did know. Did he make the semifinalist top 12 thing last year? Because well, I, I thought he did. I could be wrong. But, yeah, either way, it's cool that, that Fuller did. And, I, and man, I, I like talking to Adam. Uh, he's he's, he's – uh, He's really good at explaining the X's and O's. I hope you people he go did. watch. By the way, sorry, Atkins, Atkins was. Atkins did. So, yeah, both year. his coordinators now have been uh, Broyles Award, whatever it is, semifinalist. Yeah. Uh, Keon Coleman, a Blitnikoff semifinalist. I'm a voter for that. Uh, so, you're welcome, Keon. Hope that hope that's maybe part of your incentive package with the battles in is to be a Blitnikoff semifinalist. <laughs> Cut me a little bit of a, a check for that. Um, and, yeah, so it's really it's really cool that, that uh, Fuller has, has – had such a good year, man. I don't know how else anybody could describe it. He's not a uh, – he wasn't a big name when he was hired, uh, clearly. I, I'd never heard of him, so take that for what it's worth. I'm sure most of you That's a barometer. Either. That's a real barometer. That is That's a good fine. one, but I, I hadn't heard of him. And uh, obviously the first, what, 13 games didn't go well. Um, but, he, you know, this defense has been – I'm just going to keep calling it Stoopsian. 
it just this defense and to a lesser degree but even uh, there were a lot of games last year where it was Stoopsy and in that man the the 2000 2012 2011 2012 Mark Stoops defense was a was were very good defenses uh, now they they had Xavier Rhodes, Bjorn Werner, uh, people like that, but they they were Jimbo got him a lot of great tool uh, tools to work with, but man they were they were good they were solid uh, they they didn't give up huge number of points typically they would give up some plays but everybody does but they were solid and I just think that's how you would describe this defense you look at the last. I don't know, man. What what was the last real touchdown? I guess Miami had one touchdown. I'm not counting that other one. Um, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like they they just they make you earn it. And going into Saturday night, you you should Florida State fans should like rest easy. Not rest easy. You're never going to rest easy going to the swamp. But feel comfort in the fact that the defense is going to. If Florida's going to go win the game, they're going to have to earn it. It's probably not going to be a lot of, and I'll knock on some wood just in case, a lot of seventy-yard plays. They they do such a good job of making teams have to matriculate it down the field mm. and not just get it in one burst. Other than of course that crazy Miami play, um, which again that's a perfect coverage and the guy was there and just it just didn't happen. So uh, yeah, I, I I'm it's really cool what uh, what. Uh, Adam Fuller and that defense is done. They're, they're, they're. I would say they're the more dependable of the two sides right now. Yeah, you kind of know what you're going to get more, and that has a lot to do with the quarterback. But you know what you're going to get on Saturday from the defense. You're still not sure about the offense yet. Yeah, uh, you know what you're going to get when you take a shot of vitamin energy. One point nine three fluid ounces. It's nothing. It's a, it's a sip. It's not even really a gulp. It's a sip. You take a shot of it. You'll get two hundred sixty milligrams of all natural caffeine as well as nutrients and antioxidants that will help shape your focus, help shape your mood, help get you in the right state of mind to get your workout done correctly. Um, it's incredible. Use the promo code WordChampBogo, WordChampBOGO, when you go to vitaminenergy.com and buy an item and get one of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. That's how easy it is, everybody. Just put the promo code in there. You don't have to go to a store. But if you do, they're in some sun stops. And it's been named one of Convenience Store Magazine's top sellers of the year. So we're just letting you know it's legit. So if you see it on the rack or you want to get on the website and order it, go for it. Vitamergy.com, promo code WarchampBogo, B-O-G-O. Again, the world's first and only clinically proven energy shot. Shake it and take it, vitaminenergy.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On Tuesdays, we talk about the coaches talking about stuff. I guess, obviously, let's start off with the with Kimo Sabi. Let's start off with Mike Norvell, Corey Clark. Mm. I liked his opening statement. I think it was his opening statement or maybe the first question uh, from our guy, Ira. But I liked him kind of talking and, and picking back up on the question you asked him in the postgame on Saturday about blocking out, you know, the the emotions, the just the humanity of, of seeing Jordan Travis go out. And now you know that he's not playing at all this season. And 
I think he said something along the lines, Corey, of, you know, it's not next man up, not with that kid, not not for right. what he's done for this program. Uh, and, and he cares so much about all these guys. And he talked about not having Kalen out there on Saturday was, was a big bummer for him as well. Uh, so it, it's not going to be next man up. So is it about the response? And we heard all the coaches talking about they had good response Sunday uh, during their walkthrough. They were confident the team's going to respond well. So is responding well for this team right now, Corey, is it just going to be a matter of being who they've been, doing what they do? You know, it's always been about us is what they said. Is it just attacking the day the, the way they normally would? Or is the response going to be everybody finding a way to get a little bit better because you're not going to have a quarterback performing at, you know, 97% capability like you had Jordan Travis like on, on an A-plus scale. Uh, to kind of lift and, and buoy Tate for these next, you know, eight quarters at least. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I, I thought it was he, – he wasn't just saying it's not next man up for, for Jordan. He's like, you know, we, they care so much about all these guys and the, all the other players do too that they really do hurt for their teammates when they can't play. Um, and, and I do think there's – there's you know, I do think that there's a chance that this team can, uh, can, can be that team that steps up and – uh, you know, steps up and, and not protects Tate because he doesn't need protection. He's a fourth-year guy, but, like, helps him out, makes it easier for him. Maybe the offensive line can finally play better. You know, w- you know, we'll see. It was I thought it was interesting that uh, – and I wanted to talk about this with Alex Atkins talking about Robert Scott. You know, he said he was available in that game, but they wanted to hold him out. So if he's available, maybe he's available for Florida. Like I get you'd hold him out against North Alabama. So maybe Robert Scott will be available. Bless Harris will play. Um, so there is, you know, there are some other injury concerns besides those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like Renardo Green. That's a big one because if you guys haven't watched Florida a lot, uh, and why would you have? They are not uh, very good defensively, clearly, but uh, they. They have two really good wide receivers. I think really good wide receivers. Um, so you, you'd like to have your best corner or one of your best corners there. is um, very good. I think Azarie's had a very good sophomore season, but you'd really like to have Renardo and Azarie, right? Um, and then also Maurice Smith, going back to Atkins. Is, do we think Darius is going to play? Because my contention is if Maurice isn't right, and he certainly doesn't seem right, he's been helped off the field Two of the last three games now, I think. Um, I I think Darius is a better center than Maurice Smith right now, in my opinion. He he's better for you than a banged up Maurice Smith. So those are some things to watch along with Deloach. And I bring up Deloach because he didn't play on Saturday. He banged up his shoulder. It looked like it against uh, Miami there at the end. But they do have a mobile quarterback, and you don't have um, a lot of great athletes at linebacker that could maybe spy a mobile quarterback. Well, Kalen Deloach could, so uh, that's something to keep an to keep an eye on, right? To see yeah. if he can play. But those are all important, and I think the whole team needs to kind of galvanize around all those guys. Obviously, Tate more than any other, but uh, there might be some other backups that have to play in a pretty tough environment. Well, anything else catch your ear from what Coach said? You know, I did ask him about your you know your kind of theory you had about your Xavier Lee corollary where it's yeah. you know you play this way when you know all week long you're the quarterback versus the way you play when you find out you know five minutes beforehand you're told hey put you know put the helmet on you're going in there um, you know everything's centered around Tate and, and how ready he is and Mally I mean 
listen, I don't expect anything less from Mike Norvell. I mean, no coach is going to be like, well, hey, you know, obviously this is not what we want. We're going to hope for right. the best. But I mean, there seems there seems to be like a, a genuine, maybe an acceptance that the Jordan's out, so they have to make the best of the situation. Obviously, but man, that they that Tate's been, you know, I think he said like Tate's been he's made for this. Like he's he's been prepared. This isn't. This isn't Max Brown. This isn't like a, a freshman kind of being thrust into action here. You've got a guy that started football games, been here for four years. Yeah. Um, I mean, there seems to be a real genuine sense of confidence around Tate right now. I think so. And and look, I think a lot of it comes from the Louisville game from last year. But then I, I will keep coming back to, uh, yeah, Norvell was um, animated talking about Tate in a good way. Like he legitimately said, you know, and obviously he's very heartbroken for Jordan. Um but he did say he's excited to see Tate. He said that multiple times. And I think because as bad as it was, as bad as Saturday night was and losing your leader and all that, you know, now you got a guy that's been here four years that didn't hit the portal, that has won you a game, won you two games, really. He won you the one on Saturday night. And he gets his chance. And it's a cool thing for college football in 2023 for a kid to get a chance like that um, because he waited around and stuck it out. It's not cool the way it happened, but it's cool he gets a chance like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's genuinely excited. I think Tate will be um, – I think Tate will do a good job, man. I do. I think there's genuine confidence in him because he has been here for four years and the Louisville game happened. And, like I was about to say, that that game on Saturday night was a, was a difficult one, man. That's a crazy, crazy setting to walk into. Nobody in the history of Dope Campbell Stadium has taken a snap after something like that has happened. And I I think I'm a pretty good um, authority on something like that. That is the most surreal, most sad snap quarterback change that has ever happened in Florida State football. And they were down 13-0, and the offense was piddling around and couldn't run the ball. And then he made plays. He got the offense going. That was cool to see uh, because that place was uh, really funereal. And it felt like a memorial service. And then Tate goes out and leads up 58 points. So, yes, North Alabama is different than Florida. But I, I do think he takes some – I think the team – I think they had confidence in Tate already. But I think seeing the way he responded to that, such a unique, bizarre, depressing moment to come in there and give that offense life and put 58 on the help put 58 on the board. I think that does fill the team with confidence uh, with Tate. And I think they had it already cuz he's been here for so long and they remember the Louisville game. I I will shout out the crowd. I mean they were that was just an absolutely you know crestfallen crowd, but as soon as well, that first run that that Tate had, they went nuts. I mean it, it erupted. Yeah. And, and it wasn't even like close to being a touchdown, but it was obviously a first down. It was just like you could feel like the cathartic, you know, half cathartic, like half catharsism, half encouragement to take that, like, hey, like you're our guy now, like we love you, let's get this thing done. So, um, won't be like that on Saturday though, Tate. Um, no, but it's all right. There'll be a little section. They'll be loud. Do you think we'll speak to Tate at all in the next few days? I think so. Uh, maybe not. Uh, you know, but he's pretty good about usually giving us. Uh, you know, look, I think the thinking is Tate Rodemaker is going to be quarterback. Your quarterback for the next three games. So he's minimum. your starting quarterback. Minimum. Yeah, he's your minimum. Yeah, he's your starting quarterback. So have him do starting quarterback things. 
We typically talk to Jordan in the middle of the week. We should we should talk to Tate in the middle of the week. But we haven't uh, though. I think we've only got Jordan midweek, maybe two or three times this season. Like we, oh, I think it, I thought it'd been more than that. Maybe no. you're, you might be right. I, I thought it was like five or six. But uh, uh, I I would think he's usually pretty good about it. I think the one reason he might not is because he'll. He, we know Tate's going to talk after the game on Saturday, and so much of our questions towards Tate would be about Jordan. And maybe he wants him to not have to talk so much about Jordan and actually just think about what he's about to do on Saturday. So maybe that's the reason they don't. Um, because we can't, you can't interview Tate Rodemaker and not bring up Jordan Travis. That would be preposterous. Yeah. Um, and maybe they just want to kind of – not that you forget about Jordan, but at some point as a football team. And I think Monday was the day as far as like – I don't know that – there are probably not going to be many more Jordan Travis questions asked after Monday. But there will be, you know, because it, it it's like you're closing that chapter of the book. And now Tate's got the new book in his hands and is the author of it. And we'll see if my man Tate is going to be good enough to be – is he going to put enough on film and be good enough these next two or three games that he's locked, un, locked and loaded for 2024 starting QB? Oh. All right, how about Alex Atkins? Um, you know, I, I think some people – I think somebody actually like – maybe uh, tagged us in a thread during the game about like, you know, you guys better call Alex Atkins out about what the heck's going on. Uh, we didn't do that. Um, call him out for what? what I don't is, know. Just the, the fact that the they, offense? they seemingly can't block all that well. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, kind of important gotcha. part of his job title. Yeah. Um, he seems all right, though. I mean, listen, he's not going to crack. That's not his, that's not his way. Uh, maybe more so than seeing the way that Tate's going to prepare and, and, and perform these next two days at practice. I think I'm most interested to see how maybe that not so much the configuration. I don't know for you, is it going to be more seeing who's configured on that offensive line when they run 11 on 11 stuff, or is it going to, is it going to be the way maybe Alex Atkins comports himself when coaching his offensive line? No, he, he's all, he's the same dude every day. So that I wouldn't be paying attention to that. I would be paying attention to what the starting line looks like. Um, uh, when we when we go to practice on uh, today and, and Wednesday, uh, that that to me it may, means more than uh, how Al Atkins is comporting himself because he he's always a grump. Um, and, that, and he I got don't think after people change. last week too. Sorry, Corey, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. He got after people at practice last week too. I mean, just missing assignments and asking them like, "What the hell were you doing there?" So he hasn't been like a happy camper. I don't want people to think that he's just like skating through the season, being like, "Hey, what are you guys talking about? We're winning football games. I'm doing great." Um, I think he sees his guys making mistakes and is, you know, getting a little bit, uh, you know, grumpy about it. Yeah, and I and I get the the not animosity. I hope nobody has animosity towards Alex Atkins, considering how important he's been to the program um, the last four years. And and if you don't know how important he's been, just go go click on any video from 2018 or 2019, and watch what that offensive line did, and then watch. You know, just think about what they're doing now. But the one gripe, legitimate gripe, I think that that fans can have with this with this team this year, and there aren't many because again, we're I'm about to criticize the offense. And what'd you say? They're seventh in the nation in scoring. Yes, correct. Forty point one points per game. So they've aver they're averaging four to five more points per game than they did last year. So that's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah, averaging over 40. So one of seven teams, I guess, to be averaging over 40 points. The offensive line and the running game in particular has just been, you know, missing for the most part. It just has been. 
And, and look, they've had some nice overall running numbers when it's all said and done. Even against North Alabama, they I think they ran ended up with 250 yards. Was it Syracuse that Benson had 200 on his own? Um, maybe that's Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, but they've they've had some big numbers, big games numbers wise. But it's like it never starts out that way. It's always like okay, by the third or third quarter when the team has half given up, that's when you can push them out of the way and hit these home runs. But when the team is when you when the game starts. Man, they have a hard time running the ball. And they've had it all year. And that's what – if they had the running attack they had last year going right now, going into Gainesville, that game on Saturday would be a wrap. Because you knew, you, you knew going into the game last year against Florida, or you would have known going into this game, that you start the game with 200 yards rushing. You know you're going to run for 200 yards. You just knew it. They, they did it like seven straight games last year. It was a school record. That's that's what they were great at was running the ball, and it just has has mostly disappeared. And it, it hasn't disappeared, but it's not something you can count on. And so, if they're going to win the game, like last year, they could have maybe not in that Florida game in particular because Jordan was a magician and he's the reason they won because the defense did struggle. But if you could go into this game saying Tate just manage the game, just manage the game. Don't throw interceptions on third downs. Keep it once or twice. Move the chains. Throw it 17 times. Complete 12 of them for 148 yards, and we can win the game because we're going to run for 250. You can't do that now. If they're going to move the ball against Florida, which everybody has done, by the way, they're going to have to throw the ball. And so you you put a little extra pressure on Tate because you don't have an established running game and you haven't been able to really run on anyone in the first half of these games. And so that makes it a little problematic for me on Saturday. That's what bums. That's what's bothered me the most about this season, and that's the only thing, is they just haven't had the running game that they had last year. And I guess that goes. I mean, I don't know where else it would go to. Is the offensive line? They've been hurt. It'd be nice to have Robert Scott. He's probably your best lineman, and you haven't had him all season. But you still had seven other guys that have started a hundred games each. So you thought it would have looked a little better than this. But we—it's we, not like we're critic. We, it's not like we're questioning Alex Atkins' acumen for coaching offensive line, are we? It's just for whatever reason, it hasn't really worked out this year. I mean, I know we lost Dylan Gibbons, but I mean, yeah, we is, he, Jason, is he Walter Jones? I mean, do we was Jason Turntine considered a starting tackle last year? Yeah, because he took over for. Uh, I mean, he took over pretty. Early. I mean, Bless got hurt, and then he worked into the road. Yeah, so he he turned into a starter. But again, Turntine and Gibbons. We're both. I mean, they they were. I'm. I'm not trying. Gibbons was a very important part, a very important player for Florida State those last two years. Very important. Um, and I don't want to dismiss what he did, but he and Turnentine weren't NFL players. They, it's right. not like you lost uh, Trey Thomas and Walter Jones. Um, so it's odd, and you thought you replaced them with equal talent. Better uh, personally, I mean, I thought they. Yeah, these I guys thought were... Byers is an upgrade over Turnentine, and I yeah. thought Roddick or whoever won that guard job, whether it was him or Darius or somebody else, uh, Keandre Jones would at least be uh, an adequate replacement for Dylan Gibbons. But for whatever reason, it just has not worked out. It just the running game has not uh, gotten going like it did last year, which is why even before what happened at the end of the first quarter on Saturday night. I was I have kind of come to the realization, okay, this is going to be this is an awesome season. It's a great season. It probably can't win a, end with a national championship just because 
you're not going to beat two of those teams in a row without a semblance of a traditional running game. And I don't think they could have run on – if they were going to play Georgia and Ohio State back-to-back, I don't know that they could have beaten those teams without having a running game. Do you think but Florida – I'm wrong. They're 11-0, and baby. <laughs> They're 11-0, and Aslan. So what do I know? They might win all of them. So do you think Florida tries to do, like, the Oklahoma bowl game plan where, like, you know, first, like, we're not going to let you run the ball on us. Like, don't yes. even think about it. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be interesting because I, I – Tate's going to hit some big plays on them, man. He just is. That kid is going to take some shots. He's got some good dudes to take shots with. And also, I think the running game for Florida State on Saturday, as bad as Florida State is, Florida has been against the run. We all – well, some of us watched that Kentucky game. Um, they just they just struggle to do much of anything right on defense. But they are going to take – they are going to say, hey, Tate Rodemaker – you played one half of a real road game in your life, and it was at Louisville on a Friday night. Well, this is a whole different experience. So we are going to put pressure on you. We are going to come at you. We are going to we are going to rush five or six more than you can block uh, much of the game. And they are going to take away the run. I think they are going to stack the line of scrimmage and, and dare Tate to beat them. The good news is I think Tate can beat them, but he's going to have to prove it to him. But, yes – they, I think they absolutely, their game plan, much like Florida State's, I think, will be we have to stop the run. We cannot get let this kid get comfortable and let this offense get to a rhythm. The beauty for Florida State, though, is even when they can't run the ball, which has been a lot of this year, that screen game, if you want to count, I know they're passes, but they're essentially outside runs, a lot of them. And they crush teams with the screen game. And that is always a nice feather to have in your cap going into a game like this is Mike Norvell and his screen packages because he frees them up, he frees these running backs up, he frees these tight ends up, and that's a great way to get a quarterback some in rhythm and get him some confidence. And that's a really good one-two punch, right? You, you have that screen option, that screen game that you know is reliable. And then, like, Tate has that big game, that big play kind of, yeah. you know, uh, disposition to him. Like he very much, you know, Jordan always say, listen, we're a we're a read offense. Like the, the ball goes to whoever's open. Like I go through my progressions. I don't know if Tate fully subscribes to that. I'm sure he'll he'll say that on record. That's what it yeah. is. But man, I feel like Tate's always hungry for that shot downfield. So, uh, you know, that and that's- Aslan speaking from experience of having watched uh, two straight years of practices, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's not just the limited samples and games. We see that in practice. Like, Rodemaker loves taking shots. And it was, you know, I don't think he was really ever in danger of falling behind AJ, but that was one of the things that, you know, we would talk about with Tate was, or at least we'd during practice that we would recognize was, like, even in seven-on-seven, like, if something wasn't there, Tate still tried, man. Like, Tate still got the ball out of his hands and pushed the ball down the field. And like AJ sometimes would just you know, can't see it. I don't. I don't trust it. I'm just going to tuck it and run. It's like, hey man, it's seven on seven. Just let's play football. Like just let it fly, man. Uh, Tate's going to do that, but hopefully he'll find that kind of balance between letting it fly and then protecting the football at pretty much all darn costs. Or can you not put that kind of governor on him? Or is that going to make him think and process too much? I said that one time to my boss in Mississippi when they were getting on me about speeding tickets, and I'm like. Listen, I'm like you. You telling me that like if I get another speeding ticket, you're gonna have to do something to me, like disciplinary wise. That's like telling your quarterback you go out there and throw an interception. I'm gonna have to pull you out. Like I can't mm. play that way. I can't yeah. play that way, coach. Um, so how how's that gonna factor in? 
that's an interesting comparison, Aslan. I, I don't quite see the through Brady, line there, but Brady, I appreciate take that, it. Drop that one down, Brady, for when you talk <laughs> to your dad. Yeah, Brady, if next time you get a bad grade, be like, hey, quit telling me to study. Right. Or, like else. A, yeah, yeah, or else. Or else. Yeah, yeah. yeah let, right. me, let me be me. Let me be Brady. Um, yeah, no, man, I, I think – it, man, it's fascinating. I've used that word a lot this year. The, the, this game in particular, but really the next two, are really fascinating because, you know, we talked a, we, we talked a little bit in the past about – well, we talked a lot in the past about Rodemaker's ability because it was the spring of last year where he started turning heads. Remember? Like yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Well, they got a legitimate – there might be a legitimate quarterback battle. Like, that's how good Rodemaker was through a lot of the spring. He looked like a different player. He was making incredible throws. It helped that he had good receivers to throw to. There was an influx of those last spring. But it, he just looked like a different kid. And then he goes in the spring game, kind of lays a bit of an egg. It le- he throws an interception on that stupid two-point drill they started the spring game with and, uh, you know, didn't didn't play great. And then in August of last year, he looked sensational again for long stretches. There were days where he was the best quarterback on the field. There were days where I – this was before we knew Jordan was about to beat Jordan. Uh, remember, he was coming off the 2021 season. But there were a couple of days in the middle of August last year when I'm like, man, if they could just trust this offensive line to block and keep people off them, Tate's probably your best answer. Tate's probably your best quarterback. There were multiple days I thought that because of the way he threw the ball, the zip, the accuracy, the shots downfield – but, you know, as we all knew back then anyway, Travis's legs were the, the big difference. Like, you know, if the line wasn't any good, he could make something out of nothing. He was a special athlete. You didn't have to be a great offensive a pass blocking line to keep him upright because of who he is. But – and then he goes in the Duquesne game and looks kind of rattled and scared, hmm. in my opinion. And then he goes in the Louisville game after Jordan gets hurt and throws the worst interception anybody threw all season for any team in the ACC – and then what happened in the second half happened. And I just think he's looked like a completely different kid really since that first pass of the second half. I think it was to Johnny against Louisville I'm talking about, right. where he pulled the ball and just whipped it in the middle of the field, whipped it. Uh, it's a, it's one read, but he throws it perfectly. And I think he hit Pokey again later in the game, and then obviously Johnny um, for a long pass and a, and a couple of, and another touchdown. Dude, I, I, I think he has looked like a different kid since then. I, I just I just do. I don't even know how I got it started talking about Tate. I can't remember where this started. It's okay. But um, I, I think that uh, I, I am fascinated by what he's going to look like in this game because he's never been in an environment like this, but he's a fourth-year senior, and, I, and, and there is a chance he's a really good college quarterback, everyone. There's a chance. I'm not saying he is. He's got to go prove it. But he's got all the tools. He's athletic. Uh, more athletic than you think, Alex Atkins and oh, Mike Norvell yeah. made sure to remind yeah. us. And I'm like, why wouldn't we think he's athletic, guys? What's going on? What am I missing? He's a college football player. He's a scholarship kid. Why don't you think he's? We think he's athletic. Um, but th- it, it, this is so. This is so. It's cool, man. It's a really cool opportunity. It sucks that Jordan Travis got hurt. It sucks that your chances of winning a national championship were probably halved, maybe more than halved. Um, if you thought they had a 30% winning one, and now you probably think they have a 15% or a 10% chance of winning it. But it's a cool moment for Rodemaker, and it's a really illuminating 
moment, these next three games, for what Florida State is going to be in 2024? It's one player, but tell me that this will. That tell me these next three games don't matter towards next year because I don't believe you. This could be the starting off point of Tate Rodemaker being a great college quarterback, or it could be the starting off point of let's see what Brock Glenn or the portal look like. That's how important these next. That that's how fascinating I think these next two games are. I'm fascinated by how this is all going to shake out in our annual contest over at mybookie.ag. Uh, we're going to go to three games because it's Thanksgiving this week and three games next week. So we give Corey some some runway to win this thing. Otherwise, I'm going to win, and that's not fun. That's not in the script. We're going to stick to the script on here. The football gods might have not stuck to script, but we're going to stick to the odds here. Florida State currently a six-and-a-half-point favorite heading into the swamp, everybody. 50 points, your total. Interesting, Corey. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what do you think the line would have been at had Jordan been available? I think 10. Okay. Well, let me, with Mertz still not being available? No, both guys rolling out there, let's say. I would say 10. Okay. I think 10 would have. I definitely think it would have been more than a touchdown. Yeah. Maybe not 10, maybe not double digits, but eight or, I think it's more than a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, your Aslan, your drunk pick of the week is going to be taking Auburn plus 14 and a half against Alabama. I know what happened last week. But Hugh Freeze, that's all I'm going to say. Hugh Freeze effect. Make your picks. You've got confidence. Live betting, live casino, futures. Who's going to win the Big Ten? Who's going to win the Sun Belt? These things are available. Who's going to win the national championship? Florida State plus 3,000. Seven teams in front of them, but only three right now as we talk in the college football playoff poll. So go to mybookie.ag where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. On the way out, Corey, best Part of the Monday presser, first question off the top, John Papuchas mm. asked his thoughts on that last play that North Alabama dialed up. He did not. He did not mince words. Let's let's hear from Coach. The end of the game. Uh, I was I was a little bit surprised by the end of the game management. You know, I didn't. You know, I, typically those aren't things that happen in those type of games. Um, really, kind of actually. Got under my skin a little bit. I was glad that we were able to block it and bring it back for a touchdown. And sometimes when you do those types of things, you get what you get. It was a fitting way for the game to end. How about that? You get what you get. Yep. Get what you get, North Alabama. I hope that hurt, Lions. I hope that I hope you remember that taste for a long time. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I think anybody that's watched a lot of football realizes how just completely idiotic and kind of against – the 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 sportsman the good sportsmanship that you would expect there like I have no problem with them calling a timeout to try to throw it in the end zone like I said call and Norvell talked about it too he's like he when he was at we well never mind I'm not bringing that up but uh, that was off the record but Papuchas was on the record but yeah man go go throw a fade in the end zone maybe you get a kid a score trying that field goal there is is crazy I also think they don't they weren't very happy with uh. Fuller and Norvell both seem kind of put off by all the trick plays rolled into one drive. Um, they they just were like, really, we're doing this? I mean, great. I know you got to coach a team, but you had two weeks off to do all your trick play shenanigans um, when you're you're just here to cash a check. But all right, fine, whatever. Do all these fun little plays. Uh, and, yeah, so, you know, it, it is what it – but that was awesome. And I thought Fuller was great too when uh, – 
he was asked a question about when it was 13 to 3 dialing up the play that was the strip sack just the way it was worded the reporter didn't mean to word it the way it came out but he did say like uh what 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 went into calling that strip sack play and he goes well we do normally we we like to hold off on our strip sack calls we don't call them all the I was like yeah you hold off on them right yeah like we don't want to use it too much but in that moment I was like let's call the strip sack play and it were you know he's just making fun of like of course they would call a play all the time to have a strip sack if they could but yeah you know I thought all the coaches were they seemed normal to or in good spirits like I think I think it's been flushed Aslan I think the reality is set in it's been flushed We've said all we can say about Jordan Travis and how awesome he was for the program, and he'll always be a part of the program. But, you know, as the, as Jordan tweeted on Monday, I think it was Monday, about still unfinished business, mm. and then all the players are, are, are tweeting finished for 13. Um, they do feel like they have unfinished business. Their season isn't over. And that was the question I asked Norvell, and it's something I'll write about this week, is – like I made a, sh- I made sure in my question to get a shot at Michigan in. I, in I deleted it. You guys didn't hear it, but he did. You might be able to hear it on some other people's feeds. Why'd you delete it? He's America's you know coach. Michigan? He's America's coach, man. Show respect. <laughs> You're the worst. You are the worst. He's coached in five games, Aslan, because he's been suspended for more than half the season. It's but conspiracy. anyway, conspiracy. Yeah, it is. I know they're all out to get him. But my point was like Michigan is playing this whole everybody against us. It's us against the world. When in reality everybody still thinks Michigan's a very good team and nobody's against them. They're not, they're being persecuted for being idiots and, and being caught. They're, I know, not, but, but everybody wants them to lose core. I mean, a hundred percent, but yeah. they don't think they're going to lose Florida state. When Jordan Travis is laying on the field, all of a sudden they shouldn't even get into the playoff in some people's estimations, even if they win the next two games because they lost Jordan Travis. And so my question to Norvell was like is this like a rallying moment? Like no literally like what a situation Aslan. You're 11 and 0 and number 4 and number 5 in the country. You're playing a 5 and 6 team. You're a favorite in their on their stadium, in their stadium. And yet you really can play the nobody believes in his card. Like people have given up on his card. Like people think our season is over card. And you're 11 and 0. That's just kind of a unique, cool place to be. Like, all of a sudden, the expectations have shifted to the point where there is no real pressure. There's always pressure because you're playing Florida. But no, nobody's expecting to win the national championship now. There's no expectations of, man, you cannot – this is a once-in-a-generation type team. You can't lose this game in the swamp. You're playing your backup quarterback, and he's started one game in his career. Um, and and I just think it's it's – you, it's a unique opportunity for Mike Norvell in this program to show that they're more than Jordan Travis because, of course, they're more than Jordan Travis. And it's cool that they get to kind of wear that badge of we're all we got because they really are in this moment. Like, you know, we still think they're going to win, and they're going to be favored against Louisville if they win this game. I think they're favored against Louisville now. But a lot of people around the country kind of dismissed Florida State once their starting quarterback went down. And I think that's a cool place to live if you're if you're 11 and 0, being like the dismissed team that doesn't have a chance uh, to win a championship. All right, yeah, no one gave us a shot. That's right, and that a cool. That's a, and that's what Norvell said. And he's like, you know, last year everybody thought. I think he said uh, people thought we were crap. No, we weren't. We weren't worth a crap. Man. And we weren't worth a crap. And they were wrong. And he's like, so I want people to keep believing we can't. You know, so I think that it's a cool little rallying cry. Um, and they get to play for their leader, and hopefully they play well. If not, it was an awesome season. Just, you know, 
would like still I'd still like Jordan to be quarterback. I think we all would. But it is a cool moment for Tate and I hope he Tate Rodemaker and I hope he takes advantage of it. All right. I think that's all she wrote, Corey. Anything else to add that we didn't go over? Any basketball team one. Oh, all right. Men's basketball beat UNLV 83 to 75. Held Stacy Ogman to 14 points. Nice. Uh, Larry Johnson only had 11, got in foul trouble. Uh, and Tarkanian's team loses again. No, uh, but I, I do want to. Uh, Watkins, Jameer Watkins was really good. Had 19 points and eight assists. Um, and they were good offensively. Darren Green had 16. Uh, they were not good defensively. Um, and hey, by the way, they, I didn't realize. So Jalen Ganey's not out there yet, still. No, no, he's still trying to work into shape, man. Who knows? Neither is Primo Spears, who was going to be like the lead guard. He was the kid that averaged, I think, sixteen a game at Georgetown. Right. And he's not eligible. So they are missing. I mean, they already play. They already play eleven people in this rotation, and they're missing two pretty important key pieces. But um, yeah, after the debacle, I don't even think we've talked about it. We did not. Just the right. absolute debacle Friday night in Gainesville. Just awful, awful first half. Ugly, ugly, gross. Looked a whole lot like last year, honestly. Worse, really. Um, it was just very, very discouraging and disappointing. For them to come back two days later against a – I don't know how good UNLV is, but they're not horrible. They're not a horrible program. Lon Kruger's the coach. And so they won by nine. They, they were kind of in control for most – they led the whole way. Uh, it's a good win. It's a nice win. They still their their defense isn't very good. They gave up. UNLV shot fifty seven percent from the floor, which isn't great. But you know what? Florida State shot sixty three percent from the floor and won. So good for them. They play tonight. They play the winner of Colorado and somebody else. I can't remember right now for whatever this. I think it's like the Sunshine State Showdown, Sunshine Slam tournament, and in Daytona. Is it, it's not called the it's not the it's not the Sunshine Slam Classic. I think it's just called the Sunshine Slam, presented by Discount Tire. Okay, all right. I'm looking at it. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. It's Colorado versus Richmond. Ooh, the Spiders. Yeah, no, yeah, no love lost between these two programs either. So Florida State gets the winner of this game uh, today, as you're listening to this for the uh, the Sunshine Slam Championship. Bring that trophy back home, boys. Okay. I just always love when they call something a classic, and it's like the first annual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first annual. Yeah. Sunshine. I've never heard of the Sunshine Slam. Apparently, not many people in Daytona have either. Looking for the crowd, looking at the crowd right now. But hey, a, a preseason tournament win is still a good win, and they already have more wins in the non-conference this year through four games than they had all of last year through twelve. They were two and ten in the non-conference last year. They're three and one this year. So uh, good for them. It was just an awful loss to Florida, but just one loss. UNLV drops a 2-2 two and two on the season. Their wins uh, were over Stetson and Pepperdine. They've lost to Florida State and Southern, mm, which JSU Southern. knocked off Missouri the other night. Get it together, Dennis Gates. So, uh, yeah, Stephanie started uh, gambling, uh, live betting, I guess I should say, and somehow she took Jackson State oh. at, halftime, at halftime of that game. Stop it. So when we were recording on Sunday night, she comes and plops down on the couch and she's looking at her phone, and then she loses. She doesn't yell, but she goes. She does like a Tiger Woods, like eight, like he, like she just won the U.S. Open. Uh -huh. Hops up, and because she had put five dollars on the money line, mm. she won like forty-four dollars on Jackson State beating Missouri. But I told her that was bad karma. Don't bet on former Florida State coaches. Don't bet against former Florida State coaches anymore. I don't. Ah. Dennis Gates, you didn't deserve that. I'll make sure she doesn't bet against you again. Do what you want, Steph. Trust your gut. She's out of control. Winners win. She is out of control. All right, that's a wrap for us. Show tomorrow will probably be the replay of the college football 
reveal re- uh, replay with whoever's going to be on there with myself. And you're going to try to catch up with somebody from the Gator website over on the On3 network to talk about that game. So that'll be the show for tomorrow. And then we'll have a Renegade Express thread up. So hop in there. And it might be two shows. So that might give you a Thursday and a Friday show. Ooh, or it might go. not. Or it might not. We still got to give out picks, though. So we have to figure all that out. All right. I'm done talking. He's Corey Amazon. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.